Welcome back to another edition of Sharp Stats, talking Yanks analytics department, tuning in. We've got Katie with us as always. I've got Jake sitting right next to me, sharing some headphones with me. How's everyone doing? We're going to bring you, we have, we've been teasing, we've been teasing the main topic for a couple episodes now. We've been excited about it over here, so we hope you guys are excited to hear it and enjoy it. But first, Katie, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, life is a little hectic right now as we're uh, we're getting ready to move across the country to the big uh, Rocky Mountain area. Um, so we're doing the whole packing thing, trying to basically just get rid of everything we don't need. Um, it's been it's been really super satisfying, you know, just cleansing, cleanse cleanse everything out of here. Um, made some money, made some nice cash on a, on a on a big garage sale. And uh, yeah, next week we'll be heading out, uh, heading to the mountains. What, what the was the mountains. what was the best sale you made at the garage sale? Uh wow! Like, it doesn't have to be necessarily top dollar, but it was something you either felt strong about the negotiating, or it was something you didn't think you'd get rid of. Well, it was actually my my husband did most of the selling, the negotiating. Okay. Um, so I'd probably have to defer to him, but. Let's see. Um, it might be, gosh, we had this dining room table that was like an antique that we actually sold, um, and we got a we got some good dollar for it. I thought we were gonna have to kind of just donate it or something. Nice, but uh, a comp a, a couple really wanted it, um, and they came from pretty far away, so. Uh, so yeah, Did so you- that was nice, and that's just been a thing that's like we're lugging around for like <laughs> multiple moves, multiple years. We never use it, you know. We didn't even have a dining room in our latest in this house that we're you know that we're selling that we're moving out of. So it just kind of sat in the uh, in the basement for a couple of years, and um, and so yeah, we were pretty excited to get rid of that and not have to move that across the country. Um, was there so anything where someone that tried was to haggle probably with our you? Big win. Was there anything someone tried to haggle with you and you were like, you know what, man, just take it? I mean, that was mostly a lot of a ton of the stuff. man. <laughs> I mean, just like clothes and books and like, you know, things like that. I'm just like, just take that. Like, you know, baking, like baking sheets. I was like, dude, this is like 10 years old. <laughs> Please like, take you can these. just have that. Take that when you take the my, when you take my old, old coffee maker, just I'll throw this in for you, you know. Um, a lot of bonuses. Yeah, there was a ton of bonuses. My husband had fun with the with our with a, one of our neighbors. He's like, I think he's like ten or something like that. He was like giving him all of like our old like you know wiffle balls and like baseballs and stuff that we have like ton of them, you know, like footballs. Um, and the kid was like so excited. Um, so yeah, my husband was he was pretty generous in that sense. That's but, that's uh, the dream. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I, it was a fun, uh, fun I, weekend. I have a memory of a garage sale when I was a kid. Um, it was at one of the neighbors' house, and they had the old lawn jarts, like crazy dangerous metal spikes on the oh, end. Oh yeah! And I was so happy. I got them. And then I walked back home, and my mom was like, "No way! <laughs> These are crazy dangerous." Um, so I didn't get a ton of lawn jart time in, but you made that kid's day, so that's good. Yeah, we we tried to give the uh, my my husband's old um, rollerblades to this little ten year old, and his mom would not take them. She's like, "No, no, no, he does not need those." 
So, yeah, that was fun. I have been holding in my excitement since you first sent the email and and suggesting this. We said, let's save it for when we're closer to the playoffs. And then last week we went a little long, so we pushed it again. And now here we are. My favorite little tidbit that I, I know a little bit about from your email and your suggestion. I need to hear more. And we've been using the term split proof, but I think it's even different than that. Uh, so, Katie, could you just take it away? What's the first main topic here? It uh, goes into the Yankees offense. Yeah, the first thing that I want to talk about here is it's more of platoon proof in that, you know, a lot of the a lot of what teams like to do, especially in the playoffs, is kind of just roll out all these relievers to get the best matchups. Right. Lefty versus lefty, righty versus righty. Um Things like that. So what I kind of wanted to see is how do the Yan- how are the Yankees going to be able to combat this? You know, we all know that they have a very right-handed, uh, right-handed le- leaning lineup. Um, in fact, they have the fourth lowest platoon rate. So the platoon rate is like how much how m- the percentage of plate appearances in which you have the platoon advantage. Um, they're at about forty-three percent. Um, so that's so that's so, interesting, Katie, off the bat. So you're saying that the Yankees are basically righty on righty, lefty on lefty. The Yankees are like second worst technically in the league at matching up with that. Am I phrasing that the right way? Uh fourth worst in terms of okay. getting the yeah, fourth it's it's fourth for I wouldn't say it's worst. Um it's right. just situ you know, what what the situation, you know, gotcha. what kind of happens. Um, I will say that the uh, the third lowest is the Astros, and they'll come up a bunch of times in in some of the st- numbers that I'm about to present. Um, so let me just get started. I just I'm going to run through a bunch of numbers here, so kind of bear with me. But I think it's really instructive uh, to kind of go through everything and see the different situations that I that I pulled out. Um, so the first, the most basic one is you know what's what what do they do versus righties? What do they do versus lefties? And what I'm using here as the sort of the measure of offense is just like basic OPS. It's just kind of the easiest to understand for people, but it's if you wanted to go into more advanced metrics, they're basically the same ranks. It kind of all evens out at, with these large samples. So I wouldn't get too worried about, you know, just using OPS. If you really wanted me to, I could have used some more advanced metrics, but I felt like this was, you know, this gave a good enough uh a good enough sample for us. So, um, so just versus righties versus lefties, they are second in OPS uh, versus righties, fourth in the majors in OPS versus lefties. Very good. The only other teams in the top four are Houston and the Twins. All right, so that's good. You know well, that adds up. Yeah, that's that's nice. But you know we can kind of do even better than that. So what I wanted to do is, I, like I said before, like we were talking about, I wanted to drill down into really, you know, the platoon when they're not at the platoon advantage, right? So when it's a righty versus righty or a lefty versus lefty matchup, because that's kind of really what we're trying to look at here. Um, so they are first in OPS, uh, righty versus righty matchups in the majors, and fifth in OPS in lefty versus lefty matchups. Top five both, pretty good. The only other team in the top five here is Houston. Um, and so just I just want to remind people that when you're comparing our Yankee, this Yankee offense to the Houston offense, I'm not sure people are aware, but this Houston offense has been historically great this season. Historically. We'll let it uh, that when out. You look, 
when you look at their, yeah, I know it's sad to say, and I, you know, I'm, you know, whatever. Um, it's going to be tough if we meet them in the playoffs. But I just want to put this into context that when you look at um, what's called weighted runs created plus, which is basically a total offensive metric adjusted for park, adjusted for the league, adjusted for the era. And this so you're is kind of comparing. This, this is one of the more well-respected offensive yes. analytically stats across the board. Yeah, weighted runs created plus. It's kind of the standard if you want to compare offenses for different years in different parks and different leagues. Um, so right now the Astros, uh, they have a 125 weighted runs created plus, which 100 is average, so 25% better than average. That is really good. It's It would be the second best in the modern era, so going back to 1900. And the only other better team what? is the 1927 Yankees. What? So basically, they're hitting like the 1927 Yankees. And this, this was year, sharp this stats. Um, thanks, Katie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a best. diversion there. Um, so I don't mean to scare people. I don't mean to get anybody <laughs> right. like riled right. up. Uh, just presenting some, just presenting the facts here. Yeah. But when you just, and it's also good context for you know we're comparing our offense to the Houston offense and. They basically have the best offense since the 1920s. Since ever. Since ever. (laughs) Yeah, since ever. Okay. Um, So kind of going back to where we were before, we were looking at the split, the platoon splits, right? So basically the only other team that has sort of equaled the Yankees in terms of ranks uh, with the platoon disadvantage, the platoon and just straight platoon splits is the Astros. Um, But what I wanted to do, I wanted to go a little bit further, right? So I wanted to look at these platoon splits in what what I would think would be high leverage situations and in the late innings, because that's when you're most most vulnerable to these matchups, right? That's when teams are going to start rolling off, rolling out their lefty specialists, their righty specialists or whatever. So in high leverage situations, and we all know what that is, like the most pressure situations. Lefty-on-lefty matchups, the Yankees are fourth in OPS. Righty-and-righty matchups, they're fifth in OPS. They're the only team that's in the top five of both in the majors this year. And then when you look at the late innings, so I'm looking at seventh inning or later, um, lefty-lefty matchups, they're sixth in OPS. Righty-righty matchups, they're fifth in OPS. They're the only team in the top six of both of those as well. So Pretty good. The, t- the situations where this is going to come up the most, the Yankees probably, you know, it, the stats say that they're the most balanced team um, in terms of being what I like to call platoon proof. So, Katie, I, I've got an interesting thing, and I, I don't know if this might be too big picture, but I know part of the Dodgers' success is having, and I, I don't know if you have the platoon numbers around, but I, I know it was kind of the story of the past couple World Series is that the Dodgers have a couple of guys that, like, Jock Peterson, like, he he kills righties. He can barely touch lefties. You know, they against lefties, they love playing David Freeze, um, and he's, you know, and that kind of becomes the controversy in Dodger land. But it, the way they had it set up was great for their regular seasons because if there's a lefty, they've got a bunch of guys that crush lefties, and if there's a righty, they got a bunch of guys that crush righties, and they like to mix and match. And I guess you could do that a little more in the National League when you're pinch hitting and stuff later in games too. 
did the Yankees uh, obviously they have a great lineup is that I was gonna say is this by design to have great hitters and yes it is but is there a little bit like it was the conversation in the front office to get to this standpoint that we want that we want as many of these guys as we can because we uh, you don't know who's coming out of the other team's bullpen or I, I, I don't know. I guess I kind of want if if when the front office put this team together, like how it how it came into this kind of is that a weird question? <laughs> it's it's an interesting question. I'm not sure the front office was actually, you know, motivated by looking at platoon splits um, and how to get the you know, how to either get the advantage or find guys that you know, can hit both ways, uh, can, can hit righties and lefties equally as well. I'd never really heard anything about that in any of the articles or the reports that I read when they were pursuing guys. Um, but I think, you know, it, it makes sense. Though I think it could also be something with the uh, with the hitting instructors, with the hitting coaches. Because, I mean, I'm not a major league player. I You know, obviously I'm played since Babe Ruth or, you know, Babe Ruth leagues back when I was a teenager. Um, but I'm assuming at the higher levels, you can learn, um, you can develop, uh, you know, hitting against the not, the, you know, hitting when you're not in the, you know, against same sided pitchers. Um, so. And actually, Katie, maybe I realized where I was trying to stumble to, but Jimmy and I on, on talking baseball, we got old friend Garrett Cooper from last year. Um, we we were stumbling into his stats, and he's got really good righty on righty stats. And I I think what is interesting, and maybe it's something that the Yankees, it, well, and and maybe it's kind of the question I was trying to get to. But Mike Talkman is really good lefty on lefty. Luke Voigt, he's got some good righty on righty splits. So uh, maybe a couple of these guys, that's kind of what they were scouting out, right? I mean, good hitters are are good versus both. You know, like Aaron Judge. <laughs> He didn't have to learn how to be good versus righties, True. right? Uh, Gary Sanchez didn't have to be, you know, learn to be to be good versus righties. Um, well, when he's healthy, um, yeah. But, I think the uh, Talkman thing—they probably yeah. stumbled into. Yeah, I think the Talkman thing was more of a stumble because he did show that in the minors. I mean, he had tremendous splits against lefties in the minors as yeah. well. Um, so I think I'm not sure that they actually were going after him because of that. Um, I think it was, I think his role was more of like, you know, great defense, great athlete, you know, really good eye, high on base, you know, lots of, lot, yeah. tons of uh, high walk rate. Um, but it's interesting. I think that that's a really good question to ask, like somebody like Cashman or, or somebody in the front office, um, you know, you know, whenever, you know, or probably over the off season, like we'll get meetings or something like that. I think, th- I think you guys can manage we'll that. There. You guys are boys now with Cashman. Yeah, he's and, a friend. He's and, listening and to most- you right now. I hope so. Um, <laughs> hi, hi, Brian. Hi there. Um, uh, and I think it's actually, it could be one of those like underrated, you know, tactics. Um, you know, one of those underrated strategies of trying to find that hidden gem is can you scout guys that are, that are good versus same sided pitchers. Um, so it's something, definitely something to think about and, and discuss as well. Matsui, I'm still my, like my brain, whenever I think lefty on lefty, I just think Matsui crushed it. I feel like we have a history of lefties that have crushed lefties because I always remember growing up thinking, why are you bringing in a lefty specialist? He's better versus lefties. It's like Matsui for a while. Wasn't it Didi or someone in yeah, recent? Yeah, Didi was. 
I think Didi, Didi was for a, I think one Didi has a like higher, one season. There he has was a like, higher batting average. I think it's a lower OPS because it's less yeah, power. But and lower power, yeah. yeah. I was looking at all of the OPSs on the Yankees while you were telling us, and mm-hmm. uh, Andujar really brought those righties down. Yeah, he was twelve games. He's yeah. two seventy one OPS. <laughs> tough, tough break. He, he, he brought a lot of people down. Um, <laughs> he brought a lot of the stats down in his in his small sample, I guess, this year. Um, but yeah, I think the, like Giancarlo Stanton being good versus righties, you know, like those guys are just good hitters in general. Um, and Ford being good against man. lefties, we walked into that too. Like that was a stumble. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that could be a small sample. I don't, I haven't, I don't know if he performed that well again in the minors. I know he you know, just raked in the minors overall. Um, but yeah, those types of things, it seems like the, the front office seems more to stumble into, and it seems like a, you know, a, a great byproduct of some guy. Um, and so maybe it's correlated with being good at, at other skills. Uh, that's something to really look into. I haven't, you know, researched anything like that. Um, but it, it would be an interesting topic to look at and, and to talk to people, you know, in, in front offices about. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's sort of like basically the, the gist of like the platoon discussion. Um, and I think it, it does set up the team. I mean, this is no guarantee that they're going to be able to run through um, the playoffs, obviously. But I think it does set them up well to be able to combat those matchups that in the late innings, especially and, and in tight games that often happen in the playoffs when yeah, well, we you just have saw like, the, these huge bullpens. We just saw the Twins do a bullpen day against the Indians. The Rays, mm-hmm. obviously, bullpen. And Oakland kind of has a, a situation going where they kind of have like throwers. Like it's definitely we will run into a team that, and I think everyone will because kind of how baseball is going, that's going to try and play the mismatch, try and play different reliever here, different reliever there. And the good news is the Yankees is one of the best that can combat that and say, we don't care if you throw a lefty or a righty. We don't have to switch our guys up. They all hit. Right, yeah, and that's that's basically the the theory. Um, like the Dodgers, Jock that, Peterson, he do, he's a they, platoon player. He's like a yeah. key cog of their lineup, and he doesn't even get at bats versus lefties. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, and he don't, we he don't have start someone a game like that. against the lefty starter. You know, he yeah. would not be in the lineup. That I mean, that seems. I think for Yankee fans, we're spoiled because that seems ridiculous that we wouldn't have one of our best players in the lineup simply because of. The, the arm that the opposing pitcher throws with. You know, I think that we've sort of been spoiled by that this year. Uh, yeah, and I, I a, think... A good spoiled. We, we can also link this to our bullpen a little bit because we, we heard it all the time um, uh, last year before the trade deadline. Like, should we get a lefty reliever to get lefties out? They don't care. They just want the best arm. They don't care if Zach Britton's facing a lefty or righty. They don't care. I mean, we've seen them favor Canely because his numbers are so dominant against lefties, so there's something there, but also kind of stumbled into that a little bit. Um, but it just seems, I don't know, I almost wanted to say, like, <laughs> they don't want to make in-game decision- decisions, but they just want the best guys on the field. Sounds really obvious, but don't really care if you're lefty or righty, whether you're pitching or hitting. Just be the best. Exactly. And I think the Yankees are lucky, or not lucky, um, they are well-positioned because they have actually two guys um, among their top five 
that have basically no platoon splits, and that's Chad Green and um, and Tommy Canley, like you said. Those two guys basically have no platoon splits, so it allows Boone to be really flexible. Um, and obviously Chapman, uh, Ottavino, and Britton, they do have platoon splits, um, but it's not like they're terrible against How bad are Ottavinos? Because Ottavino, Ottavinos are the worst. He's the only Ottavinos one they, the they actively, over the season, catered to. Like, they would avoid having him pitch to lefties. Like, I don't think it was about how good Canely is. I think it was more they were avoiding Ottavino pitching to lefties. Because so are his yeah. the worst splits. Ottavino's are the worst. His I think it's uh, almost a 200-point uh, OPS split. Um, so I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know his are the worst. Where Chapman is, you know, he has maybe, like, whatever. It's Chapman, yeah. you know. Righties are not going to hit him anyways, or, or, you know, if they do, it's whatever. Um, and the same with Britain. Um, he does have a, he does have a split, but that's just because he's insane against lefties. The type of thing with, you know, this split with Araldis is because he's just insane against lefties. Like lefties right. can't really touch him. So old um, Chad Green so yeah, split proof. Better. I like that. Yeah. That's that helps when he's like an opener and he can just be a fireman whenever. It's wild because his strategy against lefties is just to throw a low and away fastball until they strike out. Exactly. Hitters have to know that. Like, hey, this guy's going to throw you a low and away fastball. One up and in sometimes. Sometimes, but for a lot of times, if a lefty comes up, he just tries to pepper that spot. Very pepper. What? Um. Um, Okay. So, so Katie, what, what what was our OPS against righties again? Or or uh, our rank in the league. Oh, righty righty matchups was yeah. first. Yeah, okay. that that helps. <laughs> that helps because there's a lot of righty pitchers, and the Yankees right. happen to have a lot of righty batters. Right. So it's good to be first in that stat. Yeah, and I I just think that's that's the point that I feel like should be driven home the most for me, just because I don't know. I I think. Growing up with the Joe Torre Yankees, they had that kind of every other thing, and they were big believers in that. You go lefty-righty, lefty-righty, Damon Jeter, Bernie, whatever it was. Um, so I think it, it it is a little interesting. And I remember, you know, looking at the lineup, especially we didn't know how much Brett Gardner was going to play this year. I mean, there was a chance that on, on the right day, Aaron Hicks was going to be the only guy in the lineup it, taking lefty at bats against a right-handed pitcher, and there there was some concern in that, and I it kind of also circles back to that uh, when Judge and Stanton were batting back to back, and we were talking about how pitchers could just throw that same wipeout slider, basically <laughs> seven pitches in a row if those guys came up back to back. But I think it's it's just funny we're sitting here end of September, and the Yankees' right-handed hitters are the best against right-handed pitching. Yeah, and I think that that makes sense because it allow. I think it's a good thing. It allows. It's what's allowed Boone to kind of be so flexible with all of his lineups. I mean, we know the stat about how many different batting orders he's used this season, and basically, until recently, he hadn't used the same one. Um, <laughs> three games in yeah. a row. Yeah, uh, two games more than two games in a row. Um, what, and I think that that's really beneficial. Do you, uh, what, do you have? Yeah, well, for right, they have a lot of righties in their lineup as well. Oh, they're they're um they're rank righty right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't have that up right now. Oh, no problem. Um, we'll just act like I it's twenty fifth. Uh, let's see. Um, I think they were up there. Um, and they were not as good in the lefty lefty matchups. 
um, which brought them down. They are take that, Max Kepler. They're, they're, they're fourth in OPS in righty oh. righty. Cool, so, not yeah. bad, not as good as first. Not Boom. as good as first, like us. Um, yeah. So the other thing, kind of with this whole split proof thing, and just really quickly, is um, I just took a look at the other big sample sample size plat- um, split is home road, obviously. So I just looked at the Yankees um, home road splits. Um, and what I wanted to use here instead of OPS was uh, that weighted runs created plus metric because it is park adjusted, so it, it really factors into the home road stuff. Um, so the Yankees are third in home weighted runs created plus. Good. And they just happen to be first in road weighted runs created plus. Oh so boy. for all those... Jimmy's uh, got ammo. Um, all those haters that think that, um, you know... <laughs> we we should sacrifice everything for home field advantage. I'm all you know. I definitely want home field advantage, but I think they can win a game on the road. This definitely this want season. home field advantage. Um, but if you think they so, can't yeah. win without it, you're scared, little girl. Yep. And so then, <laughs> or little boy. Like I said before, the only other team that's in the top three in both home and road weighted runs created plus is the Astros, of course. Yeah. So makes sense. good teams are rising to the top here. So. Yep, those are both really good teams with really good offenses. Apparently, a new are we doing? Are we doing this one, Jake? I think we are. So a, a new addition to this good offense in the last week is Jake's uh, doppelganger, Tyler Wade. And I think you have a little bit on uh, what's been going on with Tyler Wade. I remember the three of us sat here earlier in the season and were just in awe that he wouldn't go the other way with the ball. He was just trying to pull everything, and we we're like, Tyler, you're not a power guy. Leave leave the porch over there, man. Um, so I don't know. I know Jake and I were watching the game, and he went the other way, and we we're like, wow, that's good. So I don't know if he's been doing that more. I, don't, I really don't know what what's different, but we have a little Tyler Wade appreciation segment, and I'm interested to hear what you got on this, Katie. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I just kind of was just really intrigued by what he's been doing. Um I mean, a lot of you see it a lot uh, since he's been recalled, you know, in September. We all, I think I tweeted out the stat that he's, he's actually, he's eight for 24 um, with about a couple extra base hits and some RBIs. Uh, So that's a 333 batting average, a 385 OBP and a 500 slugging um, in 10 games since August 28th, which is kind of when he got his first start after the you know the September call up so he actually was called up a couple days early had a few you know late inning replacement uh plate appearances but really got his first start on uh, on August 28th so he's been doing pretty good I mean it's a super small sample so take it for what it is but I've just been really really intrigued by the way that by by a couple things with him the first thing I think is his base running and I didn't we all see it but I think it's just really interesting to put some numbers to what we're seeing here. Um, and so I'm actually going to look at what he's done this entire season and like for his entire career in terms of base running. Um, and a lot of this stuff you can get on baseball reference and fan graphs. So first of all, I'm just going to talk about steals. Everybody knows steals. He is a re- he's six for six in steals this season and eight for nine in his career. That's really good. That's good. Um, small sample, but... Still really good. He's adding a ton of value with steals. Um, so that's kind of the basic stuff. 
the uh, the the most interesting thing to me is taking the extra base. So we all see him just kind of like the instincts that he has, like just his ability to fly, you know? Like, you know, it's just, you know, something goes past the infield, like, and he's on base, like, there's a good chance he's going to score. Um, so they had this information on baseball reference, and, and I looked at it. And just overall, for this year, his extra base taken rate, um, which is kind of like chances to take an extra base, you know, how many times has he done it? It's 82%, and for his career, it's 70%. The MLB average is 41%. Wow. Um, so there we go, double the MLB average. Um, and you can kind of break that down into different situations. So this is, this is where it gets really fun. Um, so when he's on first and a single is hit, he'll either go to third or score, so taking an extra base there. Uh, he's 5 out of 10 for his career. Um, that's 50%, and the MLB average there is 30%. So that's, that's pretty good. When he's on first and a double is hit, and he scores. He's done that four out of five times, and uh, the M. So that's eighty percent, and the MLB average for that is forty percent or thirty-nine percent. So basically, twice the MLB average there. So four out of times when he's been on first and a double is hit, um, he's scored. And then I love this one too. Um, when he's on second, he's been on second eight times uh, when a single has been hit, and he's scored seven of those times. Uh, Damn! What happened career. on that other time? Maybe I don't know. It, happened, it was last year. He's four for four this year. Bullet um, to left so field at Fenway. Yeah, so that's eighty-eight percent, and uh, the MLB average there is sixty percent. So he um, wreaks havoc. He is just pass. like a monster base runner. I just, I mean, I love watching him run. I think it's just, he's, it's just really fun. We'd um, all like this this last week or whatever. God damn. It fallen into the trap again. I'm like, hey, because you know he's going to have a good spring training next year. And we're yep. going to be like, hey, maybe it happens. And I told myself halfway through, yeah. I laughed at that. I said, we cannot get excited. And now I know I'm going to get tricked into getting excited again. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Like we all say, like I think you, you definitely tweeted it out. If he can get on base consistently, he can be like a super, super really good player. Um, the other thing that really stood out to me was Fangraphs has this, uh, what's called their sort of their base running war, I guess. It's kind of their, their war version of base running. Um, and it's expressed, it you know, runs above average. He's at 1.9 runs above average in base running, which takes into account steals and that extra base stuff that I was talking about. Um, extra base is taken. And the only other player with more is Brett Gardner. And this is a counting stat. So um, he's like basically added at least he's added basically two runs just with his legs, which <laughs> I mean, granted, it's not a ton, but like that is a lot. I mean, it's more than he's added with his bat for sure. Um, Boom roasted. The, fact that <laughs> the only player on the Yankees to add more is Gardner. Um, I think that that just it really says like how much value he has and that he really needs to be on this postseason roster. Um, that's what it comes down to for me. Is this 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 is some big picture stuff? And I mean, I I think Jimmy and I, I mean, we were we've been doing some of the playoff stuff. And I mean, Tyler Wade is cemented on the playoff roster, barring uh, barring I something so. un, unknown and un 
like not likely at this point if Aaron Hicks has a miracle or something like that. But I mean, Tyler Wade will be on the Yankees through the postseason. And you say the running numbers, and that'll be most of what he's asked to do defensively. He looks really good at every position. Um, and Katie, you you took some of the words out of my mouth. But when someone is that fast on a baseball field, it's art. It it really is. It's like beautiful. It's like <laughs> when when some people go to an art museum and they their jaw drops when they see something. That's that's that for baseball fans. And it's um, I mean Tyler Wade truly is special with it. And I I don't know I don't know if this is just a Katie opinion or if you if there's some numbers to put it together with how good his base running and maybe his defense too. But like we we played this game the other day. Like what. What does Tyler Wade basically what does Tyler Wade's on base percentage have to be for him to be a starting MLB player I guess cuz his defense is plus plus his running mm-hmm. is plus plus like could he if he has a 320 on base percentage could he be a good everyday player I don't know Well what's Gardner's been year to year Gardner's is pretty hot Gardner's is you know close to closer to 350 um I think he's really underappreciated uh, but um, I think I mean I th- I think it probably has to be at least three forty three thirty. I mean three thirty is average. You got to get on at least the league average. Um, but the thing is that he is actually good. Even like he brings value even when he doesn't get on base. And there's a couple things I want to I want to point out there. Um, some stats. He hasn't hit into a double play yet this season. And he's had 17 what's so-called opportunities, which is basically a runner on first and less than two outs or like a runner on, you know, whatever, first and second and less than two outs, that type of thing. That's super valuable. Um, he also, he has what's called, there's a stat on baseball reference uh, for productive outs. Um, and basically what it is, is it's advancing any runner with no outs or, or driving in a base runner with a second out of an inning, you know, like an RBI ground out type of thing. Um, and a failure would be just making it out without advancing a runner, you know, that type of thing, like a fielder's choice or something, or just, you know, hitting into an out. Is there a way to find out how many fielder's choices he has? Uh, not easily. I think there might be on StatCast, but, but he has a 42% productive out rate and the MLB average is about 27%. So he's well above average in and generating, I mean, productive outs. I mean, granted, it's not sexy. It's not, you know, it's not going to really make any headlines, but that, it's super helpful. Um, and he's also, he's two for three in sack bun attempts, right? And, which is good. I mean, small sample. But on the Yankees, the only other player with multiple successful sack bunts is James Paxton. <laughs> um, so they don't have anybody else that does this. Um, like he has he has three bunt hits okay so these are bunt hits these are not you know sacrifices these are actual bunt hits which is the same number as the rest of the team combined like there is really no other player you know save for Brett Gardner sort of but I mean Brett Gardner uses his skills in other ways he's a power hitter um, now yeah Gar- he's, Gardy, he's doesn't power mess Gardy doesn't Gardy, mess around Gardy with that anymore the Gardy parter, party so um so yeah, so there really isn't any other guy that can kind of do the things that that uh, that um, that Tyler Wade is doing right now, 
And I think that that's what really, that's what kind of makes him most valuable um, and just a really important part of this offense, even though people may, you know, kind of get on him because he doesn't hit and he doesn't hit home runs, um, but he doesn't need to. Like, we have plenty of guys that hit home runs. Um, we need somebody that does the little things um, that Tyler Wade does. What do you see his role being if they, you know, he'll be on the roster. There's not many mm. guys that are going to get pinch run for. I'm looking at Edwin, Stanton if he's banged up, uh, Gary or Romine uh, if they're on second as a tying run. Um, depending. Voight. Yeah, Voight. Definitely okay. Voight. Definitely <laughs> Voight. Okay, so yeah, we have more. Voight. Then last yeah. year yeah, when I we mean, were doing I this. Think... So, yeah, there's an ample yeah. opportunity for him to be a pinch runner. And then the good thing is Absolutely. he can go play all three outfield positions. Yes. And three out of four, you play, play them first well. base and play them really well. Uh, so he is yes. like a really, really good pinch runner defensive replacement to have on your team. Absolutely. And I think that that'll be his role. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to give him a start. In the playoffs, no. I, I don't think he would. I don't think they'd ever start him unless, unless he's going crazy and stands hurt, and it's Wade or right. Maven starting in left field. And, and they I, I would start him over Maven. I would start him over Maven. I, at this I guess point. that 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 um, becomes a really interesting conversation. I know it, it becomes kind of a split proof thing, and that's kind of where we started this. And if if there was a tough righty, does Tyler Wade maybe have a better chance? If it's if it's someone who's a pitcher with crazy stats versus righty. Um, you can make sense of it pretty easily, and I, I don't know. I was going to ask the question, and this is kind of a, a slippery slope because it gets into bunting in baseball, but I, I wonder if the Yankees find themselves in an extra inning game um, and it's the bottom of the lineup, and if it's like a Higgy or, or maybe even Cameron Mabin, I wonder if it was like runner on second, no outs, and maybe the the last hitter and then the top of the order would Tyler Wade come in to like bunt a runner over because because like you said he's he's got the skills but the Yankees don't really play that game yeah I don't see the Yankees doing that yeah I don't see the Yankees really doing the bunt thing um but uh but I think he I mean he's still definitely valuable as a pinch runner and as a, a defensive replacement um and just kind of like I said just being that threat on the base pass. I mean, just simply being on first base or second base um, makes makes pitchers nervous. I mean, it definitely has an effect on pitchers. We've seen it. Um, and uh, I think that that's, you know, that's something that the Yankees re- are going to need. They're going to need every extra advantage they can get in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's uh... – when when there's speed like that on the bases, the pitcher has to think about it, and every thought that goes into Tyler Wade on the bases instead of throwing the perfect pitch to Judge Edwin, whoever's up. Um, I mean, that's like a huge advantage. That's a win. That's a huge yeah, advantage. Um, are we are we sharp statting it? I think we are. Oh boy, Katie, we need the sharpest stat. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> The sharpest stat. Presented by future haircutting plays? I don't know. Maybe. We'll leave it open. But Katie, what what's the sharpest stat this week? Um, well, what I wanted to kind of highlight is I know that you know, there's there, there's this terrible myth of of we hit too many home runs. <laughs> such, right? such a burden. Is that my best uh Francesca voice? Okay, I'm horrible. <laughs> um but uh, 
Um, so first of all, I don't have to go through the numbers, but everybody knows like there's no such thing as too many home runs. Home runs are good. Home runs are good in the playoffs. Home runs are good in the regular season. If you want to just Google it, um, there's plenty of research out there. Um, but what I found really interesting about this Yankees team is that not only are they, you know, are they able to really take advantage of home runs and score via home runs, but they're also, as we all know, they are probably one of the best situational hitting teams in the league. Um, we all know this stat. They rank first in batting average with runners in scoring position. That's great. They also rank four, fourth in percentage of runs via home run. Right? That's really good. If you can, if you can generate runs with, with one swing, that's a really good thing. Um, so I was like curious. I'm like, usually that doesn't seem like those things usually mesh together. Usually teams are just kind of good at situational hitting, stringing together hits, creating runs like that. Or they're these all-out bombers, you know, all-out power, and let's sell out for the home run. Kind of the way it works, um, um, w- at least what I thought. And, and it's true. Um, so I went back to uh, went back in the wild card era, and I looked at all the teams that led Major League Baseball in batting average with runners in scoring position, and which is what the Yankees currently do. Um, and then I looked at others that are were top five in what's called you know in that runs scored via home run percentage rate. It's actually called the Guillen number. If anybody wants to uh, to look it up, it's on Baseball Prospectus. You can. Google it or whatever. Um, so teams that led the majors in in uh, batting average with runners in scoring position and top five in this Guillen number. And there were only three other teams in the wild card era that fit that description. And the last one to do it was actually not, it was more than 10 years ago. It was the 2006 White Sox. So it has been, you know, almost 15 years since a team is doing what the Yankees are doing in terms of combining the ability to just bludgeon their opponents with, with, with power and also hit tremendously um, with runners in scoring position in this situational hitting. Um, the other teams were the 2002 White Sox and the 1995 Indians. Um, and then so I looked at just the average rank in uh, this Guillen number and this run scored via percentage of via home runs um, for the best risk runners scoring position team was 17th. So the average rank for a team in terms of how many runs they scored via home runs um, for these teams that were first in runners uh, batting average with runners in scoring position was 17th in the majors. And here we have the Yankees are fourth. Um, So it it just seemed like it was, I don't want to say it's like the perfect offense, you know, but it just seems like, seems like it's you a really say good. Uh, no, 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 no. There's no <laughs> such thing as a perfect offense. Um, but it's it's really good because they have the ability to win games without the home run. We know that they have one of the best winning percentages in the league when they don't hit a home run. Shocker. Not too many of those games, though. Um, but they also have the ability, as we've seen recently, to just kind of to win games with the home run. Um, they have, if not the best, then one of the best records when hitting two or more home runs in a game. Uh, so that just seems to me a pretty good thing to be good at and a pretty good way to, uh, to kind of, I guess, build your offense, uh, especially in this day when everybody's hitting home runs. 
right? Everybody is hitting home runs. You need other ways to create offense besides home runs, but you also need to be able to hit home runs to keep up with everybody else. If that may, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, it's kind of the way that I was thinking about it. For me, it loops back to control the zone. I I know exactly. when you think when you think power hitters, they're normally a power hitter wants to hit a home run pretty much every time. They're they're not gonna choke up on the bat. They hit for power. Thanks, Jake. Good update. Um, the Yankees whole thing, and we've seen these numbers boosted. Obviously, DJ LeMahieu is the first guy that comes to mind. I think he's he's right around four hundred with runners in scoring position. I also think Gary was it Gary or Glaber. I think one of them is Glaber. Having a, Glaber's having a Glaber's special year with runners in scoring position Gio. as well. Um, Gio and, is too, and, and, yeah. and yeah, for me, it it comes back to that control the zone mantra because even even when the power guys are in there. As long as you're controlling the zone and they got to pitch, if they got to throw strikes to Judge, Edwin, Voight, a lot of those guys, I mean, if it if the ball's in the zone, they're going to do damage. Um, we Everyone has trouble with a slider in the dirt. <laughs> Nobody's good at hitting that pitch. So I, I think when the runners are on and they have to pitch to those guys, I mean, those guys can still have their power hitting approach and be, you know, fourth in, in runs off the homer or whatever it is. But, uh, I, I mean, I like saying perfect offense, so that works for me. All right. Perfect <laughs> offense, although the Astros is very scary as well, as we learned at the yeah, top of the show. The also a good team. Asterix are historic offense. Should be a good matchup. Hopefully we get there. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think this is a little bit of housekeeping as we wrap up. I, Katie, you're, well, you're coming across the country next week, right? <laughs> Yeah, I am gonna be uh, be making the the big trek in a car. I'm I'm not flying. I'm not walking. Thankfully, I'm not <laughs> taking a train. We will be driving. Yes. So so I think so. we're gonna miss out on sharp stats yeah, next week. But maybe not um, gonna be able to. We'll we'll brainstorm a little bit after this. But maybe we could do like a sharp stats when we know the playoff matchup or something. We could do like a a playoff yeah. matchup sharp stats or something like that. So we'll coordinate that. But there won't be sharp stats next week. Everyone right. wish Katie good luck with her move. Good luck, Katie. Thank you. Pray for <laughs> us. All right. And make sure you tweet at her. Always tweet at Katie. Thank you for listening. We will be back Thursday night, Friday morning for the series recap of this Angel series and all the new additions and the injuries. We'll cover them there. Um, and if you listen on Spotify, but we have not found you on Spotify yet, we just changed platforms should be up uh, very soon and back to normal everywhere. Sorry for the uh, little delay and mishap there. Thanks for staying with us. Go Yankees. Go Yankees. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. <laughs> <laughs>